listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. Do you ever wonder what's out there in space? Sure. So do I. But there's one thing we know Wait. is out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why I answered you so quietly. Yes, I do wonder that. Uh, specifically, well, not I shouldn't say specifically, but uh, a lot more when I was a little kid. I think I would, I would like lay in bed at night and dwell on that for really, you know, however long until I fell asleep. Oh, not yeah, in not, a bad way. No, though. not really being afraid of it. Oh, but, good. But yeah, just like dang, just does like it really, really just wondering. go on forever. What yeah. the heck? I know. It's really cool, right? Mm. I like thinking about space, too. I also don't... People find it scary or unsettling or something, right? Yeah, I believe they do. And I think it can be. If, it if can you're, be. I mean, if I mean, you if were just, just launched you out there, that would be unsettling for sure. But um, but I like thinking about it, too. And I, and I do find it just fun and interesting to think about. It doesn't really freak me out too bad. Um, just like little Zach, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but we're not going too deep into space on this one. Just a little bit. Oh, just, just to the, the edge fringes. of space. Yeah, just okay. to the edge. Um, we're going to the International Space Station. Oh, fun. That's cool, right? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it. Me either. This is a personal pick of mine um, because I selfishly want to know more about it. I I really don't know anything about it. And every once in a while it comes up in the news or whatever. and And it kind of jolts me into realizing wow i know nothing about that thing um and it feels like i kind of should or we all kind of should it's really important yeah i totally yeah that is a perfect right perfect perfect episode idea of exactly what you just said we should all know more about it yeah all i know about it is that it was launched in 1922 no no i'm kidding i I really froze for (laughs) but um yeah, I really don't know much about it at all. I want to know what they're doing up there, how long how many do people, people stay up there. Yeah, how many people are up there at any given time. How fast is it going? Mm-hmm. How do they restock it? Yeah. yeah, and also international. What's the deal with that? Is it How international is it? Who's up there? What languages are they speaking? What kinds of fun foods are they eating? They say international, but I feel like it's only like one of five different that nationalities who are ever going to space I, at any given time right I have it's no like idea I americans kind of would chinese think so too. russians and like i don't know and are we all just getting along Maybe a on Turkish the international space station i, I hope mean, so i really hope so this is really fascinating to me imagine they're up there just beating each other's days yeah <laughs> it's a war zone on this little <laughs> international space that would be terrible no i think it maybe it's a really good example of um nations working together for something too Mm -hmm. i don't know though so hopefully it is but we'll have to find out yeah that is i I mean i'll i'll answer this and more but that's a great question like who's paying for that is it truly like i mean i don't know there's no country's name on it it's pretty weird i have no idea i can't wait to find out wow okay i'm gonna go read about it all right go get in your rocket ship and and I don't know, rock it on off and I'll catch you later. Okay, Okay. sounds good.
Ready, steady. Blast off. <laughs> <laughs> Blast off. Okay. Boy, did I learn a lot. I knew absolutely nothing about the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. And you learned a lot about it? I learned pretty much everything about it. Great. I'm so happy. Okay. Well, where to begin? We'll start here. Okay. Basically, the International Space Station is a floating laboratory that's orbiting around the Earth. Ooh, cool. If you didn't know what it was, that's what it is. And it's funny, after doing all of my research, uh, the last question I found myself asking was, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they doing up there that needs to be done by humans in space? Right, yeah. Because there are tons <laughs> of satellites constantly out collecting data and transmitting it back to Earth to be studied. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why are they up there doing right. what? Why not bring it back down here? Seems more convenient. Seems Yeah, it seems more convenient. But... I mean, really, I was just like, why? Mm-hmm. What, it's not like they're up there sampling these, like, you know, chemicals that we don't have on Earth. And, they like, that's the only place you can get them, so they go there. They're just up there doing, you know, Earth-related experiments and studies and things like that. But I was like, surely they could just do this on Earth. But they're up there for multiple reasons. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, first, we'll start... With this, it was initially going to be uh, used as sort of a rest stop slash maintenance hub slash laboratory for further space exploration, namely trips to Mars. Mm. That's kind of what it was originally envisioned as. But over the years, uh, that purpose has obviously shifted um, to a more simple concept of a constant working laboratory in space. Okay. Because we're not going to Mars. Yeah, well, we haven't been say, to Mars, right? Yeah. So we don't need. Uh, we, we don't, don't need, need a, a floating laboratory, a stop off, a maintenance port. Yeah, because yeah, we're, we're not, not going there going yet. There. So, so they've kind of dropped that agenda and are more just focusing on what it is, which is this central laboratory. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really central. It's in space. <laughs> central in that it's the only one. <laughs> That's what I was laughing about too. Like the International Space Station. It's like. I mean, what are we going to do? Make the Russians come to America to study? Like, I'm not going over there. Let's just meet him in space. <laughs> the only way to get around it was to literally build a place in space so we all could be like, okay, it's okay, none of we'll our meet turf. There. Yeah, <laughs> no home funny. field advantage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that purpose, though, like we said, has shifted. Mm-hmm. And all of this began in the 1980s under okay. the United States President Ronald Reagan. He announced that the U.S. would begin building a new space station that was going to be called Freedom. Mm, of course. 80s, Reagan, Freedom. God Makes bless sense. America. Mm-hmm. Uh, those plans were worked and reworked several times, and then funding began to dry until 1993 when it became an effort of not just the U.S., but of several space programs around the world coming together with the idea of this central hub for all of them to work out of. Oh, cool. Now, 1993. They, I yeah. mean, I guess if I really thought about it, that makes sense. But I'm a little surprised at how um, how late this is occurring. Well, then you will be delighted by this next fact. <laughs> okay. Which is that the this was not the first crew-inhabited space station, which I, I had never questioned whether it was or not but mm-hmm. upon reading it i was like oh this is pretty crazy i guess i kind of would have assumed it was yeah it's not the first crew inhabited space station in fact it is the ninth 
what? crew inhabited space station. That is crazy. The first one going all the way back to the Russian station Salyut, which was manned from 1971 to 1986 15 years whoa yeah maybe you'll get to this but where are those are they still just floating out there or what happened to them uh that's a good question i don't know oh yeah i don't know i think i read this today i was reading something and i just kind of summarized it in my head because it wasn't important to my research in Mm -hmm. the time constraint but i want to say that they may be strategically re-enter them like over the ocean and just kind of let them disintegrate yeah coming in that could be totally wrong but i read something and like i said it wasn't important but i was like oh i think that's kind of what that's saying then i moved on all right well that is Um, crazy and then obviously there's a lot of we've all maybe well maybe all of us have heard of like space junk like there's a lot of just oh yeah crap flying around in space but i don't think there are any (laughs) maybe i don't know maybe there are whole satellites whole space stations that are just garbage at this point. But anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, the Russians had that one starting in 1971. The U.S. had their first space station, which was called Skylab. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was from May 73 to February 74, so for about nine months. And over that time, they had three separate crews go up and come back. That's cool. I like the name Skylab. Isn't that for... Oh, no, Skynet. That's from... uh, What? um, Oh, wait, now I'm confusing movies. There was one from Goldeneye. The James Bond movie. I forget what that's called. And then there's one from the Terminator movies. I have no idea. One's called Skynet, and the other one is called something else, but sound, sounds like Skylab. Mm. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. Skylab. Yeah. So they, uh, in the 90s, these international space agencies are like, let's do this. So they begin construction in 1998. Mm-hmm. Again, something I've never pondered. Right. How do you build the space station? Yeah. Also, where? Yeah, also where? Um, well, they built it in space, effectively. What? That's so amazing. All of the components are built on Earth. I mean, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. they're uh, built in what they call modules. Those are all built on Earth, and then they're launched into space, mm-hmm. and they were assembled in space, wow. in orbit. That is quite impressive i mean quite frankly everything in space is very impressive to me but building a space station in space is very impressive yeah it's crazy and uh i i urge everybody to watch uh the this video on youtube um what's the guy's name jared owens he has a video called how the iss works oh cool that sounds very um relevant yeah extremely (laughs) uh it it like illustrates literally like animation of like all of the modules coming together over the years because they started construction in 1998. It wasn't completed for, well, it wasn't air quotes completed for over a decade because it was built piece by piece and it was up and running while it was still under construction because Mm -hmm. each module was complete. It was built on earth. So as you're connecting them, sure, it's coming, it's becoming bigger and bigger uh, but people were working and living on mm-hmm. it before it was completed. Right. Okay. Um, but he has this like animation that shows all of the modules coming together and what country they're coming from and what year they were installed. And it just really gives you like, uh, honestly, like a breathtaking view, like exterior tour of the International Space That's Station, so which cool. I know it was super cool. It made me realize I've only ever seen like 
a single photo. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like if you've seen one photo, you've seen them all, you mm-hmm. know, like the photo of the whole space yeah, station. But yeah. once you really look up close and see what you're looking at, it's so much more interesting. That's so cool. Are you going to tell us where the, all the different countries that built modules? Absolutely. Oh, good. Okay. I was going to ask, but then I was like, oh, he's probably getting to that. Yeah, we, we will get to that. Okay. Um, it is the largest man-made object in space. Oh. Not too surprising. That we know of. Man, Earth man-made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the whole station, with all of its wings and panels and everything, if you uh, put that side-by-side side, uh, with a, an American football field, they're about the same area. Oh, okay. Of coverage. That is, that's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. Like, if that were a building, that's a pretty big building. Again, I'm realizing now that I had so few uh, preconceived ideas of what the space station was mm-hmm. because it's like, is that big? I don't know. I never really considered it. I, I guess that's big. It is big. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and the way it was built, like I said, is super cool how they have all these small pods coming together into one component mm-hmm. and uh, assembled remotely too, which is insane. Like they're launched into space and then controlled from yeah. Earth latch on to wait really i i don't know how else they would yeah i mean wow yeah i guess they have to be yeah no matter what it's it's pretty remote because even if there's a human up there it's not like they're like dragging it and hooking it in and waving the other person in like not at all yeah and that's what's so crazy watching that youtube video because you see these two pieces come together and fit so perfectly pieces that were built like so far away from where they're ending up (laughs) yeah like an american piece that might be connecting to a russian piece that maybe those two pieces you know of course they have the schematics of it but like those pieces have never met right and they go up there and they have to fit in so perfectly and i mean like while i was watching that i'm just relating it to the (laughs) things i've built this table like we mentioned that i built (laughs) and you you screw two pieces of wood together and one of the pieces wasn't cut exactly perfectly and you sit there and look at like oh it doesn't line up exactly like yeah. they, there couldn't be any modicum of flaw like right. that when it comes to putting these gonna, two pieces together it's just crazy you're not gonna hook it up in space and you're like yeah it looks a little wonky i don't know but you're like it'll be fine yeah like do we <laughs> no, need another won't. screw like should like, we just put one more screw in it like no there's no. like it's all it's just it's fascinating you're it really die. is insane <laughs> It took, like we said, years to assemble with it being completed in 08, 09, but mm-hmm. they do continue to add to it as needed. Okay. Um, so that, you know, just little bits here and there, somebody comes out with, I don't know, they want a new robotic arm on the outside, or they want to move this module over here because they have a bigger one that they want to put in here for their this country's research, whatever, you know, mm. there's just like little shifting like that going around, I on up there. I want a new robotic very, arm on the outside. That sounds fun. Yeah, there are a couple. Uh, wow. It's very fluid. They have these, these ports that are able to act as docking ports for a ship, for a new module, you know, so it's almost like... It's like a Lego set in a way, mm-hmm. like that it can be rearranged. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking of Legos or, yeah, like build kids um, linking thing, you know, yeah. all those kids' toys that kind of link up, but you can do all kinds of stuff with them. That's it's, cool. Yeah, it is really cool. So what they're doing up there is they're studying physics, uh, astronomy, meteorology, astrobiology, which is the study of life that can or may live in these harsh conditions of cool. outer space. 
Uh, and they're also very carefully observing the impact that these conditions have on the equipment that they're using up there mm. and the humans who are operating them. And this is all done, really, this is like this is kind of what you can boil the International Space Station down to at this point. It's really dedicated to future space exploration and how humans are able to live and work in space yeah. with this equipment. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's like... They're doing these uh, this research up there, which is important and it's cool, but almost over all of that is the monitoring of, like, can research be conducted in space? Right. Can humans last yeah. several months in space? Yeah. How does the food supply work? What happens when the air filtration breaks? You know, like, just how do you handle all of, the, all of these things? So it's an experiment in itself, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. That is very cool. That's very cool. And they do... They've, they've had some really cool findings and i saw one just as recently as august of this year um, a study aboard the station confirmed that an earth bacteria i don't like a specific bacteria i don't remember mm -hmm. the name but an earth bacteria survived living in space for over three years in space i believe they mean like out like in the yeah conditions of outer space, space not like in the ship yeah. this culture stayed alive for three years like i think like I don't know, slapped wow. it on the side of the the Dang. space station and like it was live three years later or something you know, like that. Um, I know, that's insane. It's, yeah. They didn't think that would be possible. You know, bacteria, they're unpredictable. They can live in some of the wildest spots, even on Earth. So good for them. Yeah, they can get funky sometimes. Yeah, they do. They live near like acidic... Um, I don't know why I was just reading about this, but like underwater, you know, at the base of the deepest part of the ocean, there'll be a little geyser that literally spouts acid all day long and like no creature can go near it uh -huh. except like all these bacteria who just chill and love it so there. So weird. I know. It's so, so weird. Yet the freaking soap we have in the kitchen is supposed to be cleaning our hands at 99.9%. Yeah, .9%. right. What Not those H? guys. <laughs> no way. Those Not this space bacteria. Those guys laugh in the face of dial. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No. Uh, as we said, this is an international effort, people. Cool. It's Even called international the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. yeah, probably. I'm sure they get them from all over. Anyway. Uh, Although it was born out of the U.S.'s plan for the space station freedom, mm. the International Space Station is a collaboration between the space programs of, are you ready for it? Yes, I am. The United States, mm -hmm. Canada, oh, Canada, Japan, mm -hmm. Russia, mm -hmm. and the ESA, which is the European Space Agency. Okay. Just a bunch of them smushed together. Yeah, I think there's like 22 uh, countries in Europe no that are China. involved. No China. No China. Surprised, but not surprised. Interestingly, though, in the International Space Station, or I shouldn't say in, but the International Space Station is divided into two parts. Oh, of course. The <laughs> Russian part uh -huh. and the U.S. part, no which is way. everyone else. Are you kidding? No. And it's unclear to me if the Russians work alongside everyone else up there and just have their own, like, huge portion of the space station because that's how invested they are into oh, that would be this rude. idea. No, that's not rude. I mean, it's all, it's a collaboration. If they're contributing the most, their, their part would be the most. I guess so. But why is no one else allowed there? Maybe they just have I never have said bathrooms. no one else is allowed there. Oh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's unclear to me if they do work alongside everyone else and just have the largest portion mm -hmm. or if they actually do keep to themselves and kind of operate independently it's mm -hmm. unclear to me 
I'm sure you can look that up and find it out. Yeah. I just didn't see that. But it is divided into two parts, Russia mm. and everyone else. Mm. So the modules, like we said, again, make up the whole of the space station. They serve as docking ports. They serve as uh, storage for parts and equipment, living space, workspace, and even like one module is solely dedicated to waste storage oh. until it can be... Like what? Shot out into space? <laughs> no, I think they dispose of it a little more responsibly. Uh, um, we don't I'm not hear, sure so. if they drain it into a visiting ship that takes it back to Earth, or if the module itself ascends back to Earth. I'm not sure. Probably hmm. the former. I would think they probably drain it into something, and then that takes it to Earth. It seems way too expensive to, for the whole module to break off and go down, and then be yeah. shipped back. That seems nuts. And most of these modules were, like we, I said, re attached remotely from Earth, but others were attached using uh, the robotic arm, the first robotic arm mm. that Canada attached to the outside of the space station, I think, in 2004. You might not know this, but how big is this arm? Like a human-sized arm or like the size of a house? How big is the arm? Oh, a lot bigger than a human. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want to say I read that it was that it weighs four tons. Oh, so eight thousand pounds. So like that would be a heavy human arm. Like I don't know. Picture like the scooping arm of a bulldozer or something like that. You oh, know, like yeah, approximately yeah. that. Okay, I would imagine a bit longer. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and not as like bulky and wide, but a little more like yeah maneuverable and. I don't know. I'm totally just guessing, but it looks like it maybe can reach like 30 feet okay. in either direction from where it's mounted. Something so, along so those lines, alien, but that, that could be way off. If an alien scoots by like real close, you grab them. Yeah. Also, it has fingers that uh, has like a flicking motion. So you can oh, just so you flick, can flick the mm -hmm, <laughs> and just <laughs> flick its head off. An alien flies by and you're just like, ew, <laughs> flick it away. You're at the International Space Station. You have to study these things. Yeah, that's true. Grab them. This is really cool. What? It is powered by solar power. Oh, how smart. And I never, like I said, you always see that one photo or like just a, to see a photo is one, fo one photo is a photo of the space station. Like mm -hmm. it's just the whole thing. And I never really noticed until reading this, but like as you're looking at it, most of what you're looking at are solar panels. Oh, that makes sense. Now you that know? I think about it too. Yeah. I never thought about it that's I mean, what i'm saying yeah i never station, looked at but... it and i was like what what is this right what am no i, I just here? assumed but... i didn't understand <laughs> honestly yeah um, same but now that cool, you know yeah. that it's like oh yeah those are just solar panels looking right back at yeah. you uh and they are retractable and like kind of like accordion style uh -huh. retractable which is really cool and during construction sometimes one would be retracted to balance it out weight wise oh. as they were adding modules here and cool. there uh, and I think they're like 300 feet wide. Three? Or no. The whole thing's like 300 feet long. They're long. Well, okay. let's just say they're long. I, I believe it. And they are always turning to face the sun. Mm, because the International Space Station circles the Earth every 93 minutes. So those Whoa. things are always moving to find the sun. Wow. Yeah. That's fast. It's very fast. How fast? It is traveling seven over seventeen thousand miles 
per hour, which is over 28,000 kilometers an hour. Oh my gosh. It completes 15 and a half orbits every single day, orbits of the Earth. I've, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Are they going to throw up? Like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that's so fast. Oh my gosh. What if it really f- looked as fast on the inside as it is on the outside? <laughs> <laughs> they would just the be holding the on the whole time. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Uh, so... Do you want to know how high above the Earth that the International Space Station is orbiting? Of course. Do you have any guess? Oh, no. I'm you have so, some guess. I have Let's no idea. You just want you to hear so you can make fun these types of, of guesses. I have no idea. So how high above the Earth does a plane fly? A mile? Because the Mile High Club? You don't know that? I have no idea. Tell me. 35,000 oh, feet. It's like actually, seven miles. Yes. I, Six miles. I kind of knew that because sometimes when you're tracking it, it tells you how high you are and it's like 30,000 feet. Uh-huh. Okay. So... About six miles. I have no idea. My guess would be like 30 miles above. No, but that's not a horrible guess. Okay. I don't, uh, I don't It's a bit more it. than that though. Okay. Well, I'm always surprised at how close um, space is or how close... You know, it it doesn't take that far for it to be um, the atmosphere is thinning and you're not okay anymore yeah, kind of situation. For sure. So, um, okay, so more than 30 miles. But my guess is less than 100. Well, you are wrong. It okay. is on average, <laughs> uh-huh. because it fluctuates, and I'll get to that in a second, it is on average 250 miles above the Earth's oh, surface. okay. That's pretty far. Now, I said that it, it's, uh, it fluctuates. That's because, and I don't know if I'm getting this right. Again, I'm restricted to 30 minutes here. Mm-hmm. But apparently the al- or the uh, gravity at that altitude is about 90% of what it is on the Earth's surface. That's still pretty good. Right. So stick with me. Mm-hmm. 90% of what it is on the Earth's surface. So the International Space Station is in a constant form of free fall. Making it feel weightless to the people on there. Oh, interesting. Like okay. like canceling out the gravity. Uh-huh. So for this reason, it frequently needs boosted to stay in orbit. Or otherwise it would just be sucked on down. Yeah, it otherwise would it would fall. literally fall to Earth. Uh-huh. So what it often does is use visiting ships. Anytime a ship docks there, um, they use the ship's like rocketry, I guess, thrusters to uh, kind of set the course back on track yeah or uh the part of the what one of the russian modules is called uh zariah and i believe it's like a boosting module those are my words it's something like that where like they have the ability to boost it back this seems um on course disconcerting to me i'm sure they've got it figured out but i'm kind of like i know nervous about it this is a very 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 like surface level yeah. explanation of what's going on and I may have it totally wrong I'm but sure. this is kind of like what I tried to understand it without spending too much time right. on it and this is kind of what I was able to make I'm sense sure of. I'm sure it's a very complicated physics situation where you right. have the the one vector is pointing towards earth and is pulling you that way and as long as you have a, a separate force pushing you the you know 90 degrees the other way it doesn't have to be that much and it like keeps you going in orbit right. but like you would not figure out those calculations in 30 minutes, nor probably in your entire lifetime, nor would I, because we're not physicists. You lost me at Vector. <laughs> um, but it's enough that the people on board are experiencing zero gravity. Interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. Because when you just said that, I thought, oh, so this is even better than those guys on the moon who 
I mean, obviously the moon has its own gravitational force as well, but um, but but I was thinking that even the the weightlessness we could see with them on the moon, it would be way more than that on the space station. But now, no. I don't know. Maybe it's not zero gravity. Yeah, probably not zero. But yeah. but it, but it makes sense now that that it still is um is still negligible. I guess. Yes. Uh, it's like when you're in the Tower of Terror. Not that I've ever been in the Tower of Terror, but when the elevator drops and all of a sudden you're weightless because you're falling. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like that. I was trying to make sense of it. And like I said, I was having a hard time because it's like, okay, is everything just free falling at the same rate? So it feels weightless. So like if you're holding this pen in your hand and you let go, it just keeps falling right alongside you. Yeah. Is that what's happening? I mean, I th- gravity acts on all bodies at the same rate. But if that's the case, wouldn't there be like g-force to your body and wouldn't you be like in a constant state of like literally like your skin being pulled down and like your organs being pushed like against the sides of your body i think that's what's happening to us at all times we just don't feel it we're used to it that's why we get wrinkles yeah you're probably right i'm getting way lost yeah let's in my not head. try and do the physics let's move of on. it that wasn't part of the assignment what about the people huh? yeah tell the us people about on the, people. the international space station there have been humans on board constantly from November 2000 until today. Nice. They left today. <laughs> no. uh, at any given time, there are roughly six people on board. That's it? Yeah, this isn't a Star Trek ship where there's like aperture doors and people walking wearing polished shoes and hallways going either direction. Like this thing looks like the inside of a, of a space shuttle. You can yeah. obviously look up photos. It's the type of thing where it's like... You're sitting in a chair and you've got, you know, a wall of uh, like six different computer screens in front of you and 10,000 little controls and everything wow. you need is within arm's reach because this it's not yeah. as big as the space station itself is. It's not um, it's not a cruise ship that's the size of a football field. It's these little modules mm. that are the size of a short bus, you right. know, and it's made up of 30 of those that are, like I said, Legoed together that like... You can maneuver between them to, you know, make your way through the space station. But it's not just like, uh, it's not 300 yards long by right. whatever it is, 50 yards wide. Yeah. It's not that. Uh, wow. So that is there very are, few people, though. Yeah, it's a lot less than I imagined, yeah. too. Uh, and typically, they cycle through astronauts every six months. They refrain from keeping them up there longer because research shows that prolonged exposure to zero gravity has some not great side effects, including muscle atrophy, mm. uh, loss of bone density, which worries researchers that if astronauts do make longer voyages to planets yeah. like Mars, they may be prone to bone fractures if they are supposed right. to get off on Mars and do anything. You yeah, know? yeah. Also, um, we better keep Earth habitable because it sounds like we're not going to do super great if we have to move to another planet. No, unless they just start pounding some calcium tablets or something. True, everyone start taking calcium right now. I wonder if they thought of that. I'm going to write to NASA. Okay, good idea. Uh, and for this reason, they have two treadmills on board. Oh, to keep you, get your exercise? To get, keep your exercise, keep your muscles and your bones strong. You could probably run so well in no gravity. You could run forever. Well, here's the thing. Astronauts need to be tethered to the ground in order to run on it. Uh, so if you see someone running on it, away. they have uh, like a belt on and mm. literally at each hip, 
they're tethered to the ground. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for toilets, interestingly enough. Ooh. They have to strap themselves in. Yeah. And uh, as Wikipedia pointed out, in a weightless environment, you want a very tight seal between <gasps> your body ew. and the toilet. If ew. you know what I mean. That's true, but ew. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, also in these space bathrooms, they have what, again, Wikipedia called anatomically correct hoses to collect the urine from a man or a woman. Huh. You right. choose the correct hose depending on what you are. Fair enough. Uh, and what it does is sucks that urine out of you. Not literally. You, you pee it in it space. like you normally would. Uh-huh. No. Okay. <laughs> we don't litter in space. Uh, what it does is much worse than that. Oh, no. I think they should litter oh, in space. Oh, I know what they're going to do They recycle it, it into drinking drink water. It. Yeah. That's not worse. That's um, very environmental. I guess you're right. Uh, crew members typically get up at 6 in the morning. They have their breakfast. That's what they say. You know they're sleeping in. There's no one to hold them accountable. There's six of them on a football field. Yeah, but I'm every morning they have a that. meeting with mission control to go oh. over what the, the goals of the day are. Mm. Uh, I want to have that. That sounds nice. Get you a life coach. Okay. And then <laughs> they proceed to work for about 10 hours a day. Dang. Now, you might be asking, they wake up at 6 a.m.? Where? Where at 6 a.m.? They they experience 16 sunrises and sunsets yeah, every day. True. What the heck time What's is it? What's 6 a.m.? Well, they're on a time zone that I've never heard of called the Coordinated Universal Time. Okay. And I did not look it up relative to Eastern Standard Time because I'm not good at this podcast. No. So I don't know great. what the time frame is for that. I would imagine... Um, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know if that would be centralized to like the U.S. Oh, or... who knows? The central time that um, that everything is based off of is, I think, Greenwich Mean Time, which is not based off the United States. So. Yeah, I wasn't suggesting it should be. I was like just saying I literally don't know. Yeah. Like, it fits. Is it Paris time? Is it Russia's time? Like, I have no idea. Paris is where the you know uh, European is? Space Agency is centered. Where party time. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, the food's not great. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not We've great. We've all had some astronaut food, and it's never great. Well, the only astronaut food I ever had was when my brother went to the Smithsonian in probably 1999 and came back with uh, uh, freeze-dried ice, ice cream. Yeah, it's And that was great, cream. I thought. Yeah, the ice cream is not bad. I mean, it's been 20 bad. years, but I thought it was good. Uh, apparently, they don't do all the dehydrated stuff anymore, except oh. for drinks. Drinks are always powdered form, and then you mix with water, and they're like... AKA former urine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, and then the, you drink that like out of a pouch with a straw. Mm. Same with soups. They're in a pouch with a straw. Mm. Uh, and they do receive fresh fruits and vegetables when supplies come. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool, nice. right? Yeah, that's probably quite important it's probably a happy day yeah and good for the bones and, and also your mental health it's important yeah that's to what i was thinking food. of it more as is because like, yeah. i'm sure they're taking care of nutritionally speaking yeah. like they're getting what they need but just to see an orange arrive is probably yeah. like you know it's that would, that's probably something to look forward to mm-hmm. uh and then when that shipment of cauliflower comes in cauliflower there mm-hmm. might be some higher levels of methane in the air the next day oh no <laughs> thankfully the international space station uses activated charcoal filters to scrub the air of methane from afar Ew. and ammonia from perspiration oh yeah wow 
because it's got to maintain a perfect atmosphere inside of there. Uh, Maybe we can get some of those scrubbers for our apartment. Hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, They also have (laughs) equipment on board to both generate oxygen and remove excess carbon dioxide from the air. So they're really controlling what's going on there. It's got to be precise. When you're eating, you can't have crumbs floating around because they could clog up air systems. You can't uh, use a pen or sorry, a pencil. You can't erase a pencil because the little eraser shavings or the shavings from sharpening the pencil, like those can't just be floating through the air. They're not going to settle anywhere. So these are all weird things that need to be taken into consideration for any space travel, but especially something like this that, you know, I mean, I guess all space travel, you want to be uh, accident free, but something like this, yeah, where it's continuous and it's ongoing supplies coming and going, people coming and going, you have to maintain a perfect atmosphere how do you make sure you didn't have a crumb at dinner i honestly i think you'd just like be really careful wow that's and, crazy. and like if you, if a crumb does float away like you just grab it it's possible to <laughs> yeah to grab it but yeah. you know you don't want to uh, be done. pulling on a bag of doritos as hard as you can and then the whole <laughs> thing tears <laughs> yeah. maybe when you're done you could have um like a sticky fly swatter tennis racket kind of thing and you just wave it all around catching yeah that's they, yeah, they should have something like that. Yeah. Or we should invent it and sell I'll it to the governments. Mm-hmm. All of it. the governments. Um, these guys and gals have small private quarters, you Good. know, that they can sleep in and relax in. Uh, but visiting crews do not. So if you're a visitor. Who's a visiting, visiting crew? Oh, just someone popping in for a short, short time? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's how I take it anyway. A uh, visiting crew member, they do not have designated room for you. So basically <laughs> what they do is just strap a sleeping bag to the wall. Wow. And that's where you sleep. That's hilarious. Yeah, and I think they all sleep in sleeping bags like to keep them put. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't float away in the night? The Yes. The, the life on board section of the Wikipedia page was... Good for a couple of laughs. Okay. Uh, Especially this one. So this is a quote from the Wikipedia page. It says, It is possible to sleep floating freely through the station, but this is generally avoided because (laughs) of the possibility of bumping into sensitive equipment. Yeah, that sounds like a Yeah, no kidding. What kind of jerk would you have to be to be like, all right. I'm bushed. I'm gonna call it a night. You just put your hands behind your head and start sleeping (laughs) right there, like just doing cartwheels through the air. Hit your head badly. Yeah, there's all kinds of bad. Why would anyone do that? Yeah, no. (laughs) I wonder what it would. I wonder what it's like. Also, you drift over to the Russian side. They wouldn't be happy. Yeah, they're gonna zap you. Um, I wonder what it feels like to sleep like that. I I would imagine it's so comfortable. Yeah, I would kind of think so. You have no pressure on any point of your body. Yeah, I would would think think so, but who knows? We'd have to talk to an astronaut. Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say that I perfectly described what it's like to live on the International Space Station. (laughs) And for that reason, uh, it's time to move on to the fun facts (gasps) portion. Yay! Unless you have any questions. Um, Let me think. I think you pretty much answered most of them. This really, honestly, is fascinating to the point that most of the things that we learn about on this podcast, I really enjoy learning about them on the podcast, but then I'd say I'm fairly satisfied by the end and I'm ready to move on with my life. But this one, I feel like I, I want to now. You're going to get online and start yeah, looking stuff yeah, up. Yeah, especially the photos. Cool. Yeah, I want to look at the photos and, and just, I don't know, it has really sparked my my excitement for what's it like to 
live and be in space. Um, I, I totally agree with you yeah. because I feel the same way. I will probably continue reading about this. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, good. give me the fun facts. Okay. Number one, it is considered the single most expensive thing ever built. And it is valued, or sorry, its value in 2010 was $150 billion. Oh. Which is a ton. Yeah. It's a whole lot. But also, I'm kind of surprised it's not way more than that. Like, the Rams' new stadium was over $5 billion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that doesn't do Of course, much that's huge. Like, that's yeah. a big building with a lot of technology. And But, like, this is, a, this yeah. is in space. Yeah. This is not on Earth. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Ooh. I kind of was surprised that it wasn't more. Mm, interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's currently funded through 2025, which is coming up pretty soon. It is soon. coming up. Uh, at which point in 2025, the funding will either need to be extended by the government or pieces might have to start being repurposed. Mm. They would, I guess, take off some modules, make it a little cheaper to keep operating. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I don't know what the history of the funding is. I don't know if that's something that comes up for a vote every four years and just gets pushed through. And, you know, by this time next year, it'll be extended no brainer till 2029. Or if it really is like maybe going to stop being funded. Yeah. I, I wonder, don't know. does it have to be um, agreed? Do, I mean, who's funding it? Just us or multiple countries? I mean, it is called the International Space Station. So multiple countries, I think um, it's kind of broken down based on who's doing what Mm -hmm. you know like the as far as i know the um the european space agency only has like one module Mm. but i don't know if that means they're rarely there or if you know yeah if their participation is that much smaller i know they they contribute a lot of money towards it Mm -hmm. so i don't know exactly how all of that works out but i would think it's a combined effort of Mm -hmm. all of the countries involved yeah yeah makes sense yeah. Uh, to date, 239 individuals have visited the ISS. Cool. This includes some space tourists. Tourists? Tourists, yes. So like in, whom? Well, several people. Like, I think like upwards of a dozen people okay. have visited who, as tourists. Who are they? Random people. Uh, the first was in April of 2001, an American businessman named Dennis Tito. Dennis Tito? Yeah. He became the first space tourist uh, on Earth, I believe. Wow. When he reportedly paid... From Earth is more like it. <laughs> When he reportedly paid over $20 million for a trip to the International Space Station. I think a 10-day trip. Wow. Was he, is he American? Yes. Oh, yeah. That sounds um, like an American thing to do. Wow. And more recently, uh, Anusha Ansari became the first Iranian and the first self-funded woman to visit the International Space Station. And I read that she and others who defend her don't like to label her as a tourist since on Earth she is an accomplished uh, scientist and she did participate in studies on board. But technically, she paid for her own trip. She wasn't Mm. technically part of any... Uh, space agency's program. Right, because maybe so, her country, if she's Iranian, maybe her country is not 
it doesn't sound like is a part of the group that is up there. So maybe no, it is not. That's how she um, had to get up there. But that's really cool. Good for her. Dang, yeah. that's like almost doubly impressive. Not only does she have the credentials, she also has the cash. All the yeah, ads. I know because it's that's, not cheap. I yeah. mean, it was over twenty million dollars in two thousand one. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Doubt if it's much cheaper now. No. If not, like fifty times as expensive. Yeah. Um, not literally, but you know what I mean. Possibly. And last, the International Space Station is regularly visible by the naked eye from Earth. Where? Everywhere. So you can visit spotthestation.nasa.gov <gasps> to see exactly where it is at any given time. And uh, I checked, and it's a cool website. It shows you a map of the Earth, like a you know cartoonish map of, of the Earth, uh, and you can see exactly where it is right now. You can see its 90-minute projection forward and its 90-minute projection uh, backward. And remember, it orbits the Earth every yeah. 93 minutes. So that projection, you know, kind of makes up the entire way around the Earth. Right. Uh, and apparently it's visible. Well, not visible, but it crests the horizon, the one horizon to the other horizon in 10 minutes. Wow, that's so fast. Yeah, but it's only visible for like a few brief moments towards the middle because of like shadows or something like that. So even though it technically is in your field of vision for mm -hmm. only 10 minutes, it's uh, it's a lot smaller of a window where you can actually see it with the naked eye. I've never seen it. I really want to now uh, when I would checked. You, would you know if you'd seen it? What does it look like? I, I guess it's just like a white, slow-moving dot hmm. that... I mean, I don't know. I guess it's probably easy to say we've both seen it and just didn't know right, what, that's what, that what we were looking thinking, at. Right, that's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering, yeah. Um, but it is, it's hard to believe that you could see something that small 250 miles away. But I guess if it's the only thing up there and it's reflecting in the right way, you could see it. I mean, you can see it, obviously. You mm -hmm. can see it. Uh, but when I looked, let's see, it was, <laughs> it was honestly about an hour ago. And it looked like it was due to be like kind of above us in about an hour so it could be right above us right now it was more it was more looked like it was going to cross like like south or uh, sorry northwestern mexico like up into like arizona texas like you know it was going to mm. miss la by a little bit south mm -hmm. but i'm sure that counts it counts i mean like it counts <laughs> i mean like it, that may have been visible from here right yeah it's pretty close to being right overhead yeah and it's just so far away that maybe we can see it yeah. wow that's so cool we'll find well, it one day yeah we gotta get out there take a look okay that's everything that was great i loved this thank you i love this topic. i love this too great suggestion thank you I, I let's learn even more about this i'm ready for like round two let's learn more about the international space station space is not a frontier that we have really breached on this podcast and i like it and i think we should do more of it yeah i know a lot about it so we should definitely <laughs> dive deep all right great job Oi. <laughs> thanks for listening Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.